I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Jewel Says. I'm Julie, Jewel's mom, grandmother. And I'm also a friend. A friend to a lot of people. I like to think I'm a pretty good friend. I try to remember to send old lady birthday and Christmas cards to people if I have their mailing address. I know everyone doesn't do this and it seems old-fashioned to send cards in the mail, but I just like people to know that I'm thinking of them and I feel like because it takes a little more effort than a text, it's a little more meaningful. I just think that a text isn't the same. And I make a point of scheduling time to meet up with my friends for maybe a coffee, a drink, a dinner, a chat, whatever. I'm all about the chat. And it has to be scheduled because we all have jobs, we have families, we're very busy with lots of other things. Everybody's busy. And as Abe says, Julie fills her dance card up weeks in advance. I do. I'm not sitting around thinking, huh, what am I going to do tonight? Usually if I have a night like that, I'm already tired and I'm probably just going to watch some TV and do my Duolingo. We're working very hard to learn Spanish and it's not that easy. My pre-pandemic stint working in Sarnia was actually a much appreciated opportunity to reconnect with friends that I never really saw once I moved to Toronto. And I loved that. At one point, though, while I was working in Sarnia, it occurred to me that that I was always the one making the plans, which I get because when I was in Sarnia, I wasn't in my home, so I didn't have all of the home stuff to do, you know, so I get that. But then I thought, maybe I'm just annoying people by trying to schedule dinner and coffee and drink dates. I don't know. I think a lot of people prefer to just wing it, but I am also at an age where we don't have babies at home. I certainly wasn't hanging around with friends when my children were growing up. I didn't have time. And I get that people just want to wing it. I get it. But if, if we don't plan it, it won't happen. And the next thing you know, a year is gone. So I stopped making plans. I stopped trying to set a date with friends. And instead, I just started saying, well, I'd really love to get together. Let me know when you're available. And I let them know when I was available because I was in Sarnia Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights, essentially. I drove to Sarnia Sunday night, and I usually drove home Thursday night. 
And the response from my friends was usually, yeah, that'd be great. I'll let you know. And then I left it at that. I didn't follow up. And it was hard for me not to follow up because I'm a planner. But I didn't. I didn't text or remind people. I just let it go because I didn't want people to feel pressured to hang out with me. And then the pandemic hit, of course. I was no longer in Sarnia. I was working remotely. But I do the same with my Toronto friends. I do try to schedule time with them. I probably have more friends in Sarnia because I lived there for more of my adult life. But I think maybe out of the friends I have there, there are maybe three or four people in Sarnia or the Sarnia area who I hear from, and maybe one in Toronto. But what does that mean? Are my friends not my friends? Are they relieved that I'm not trying to make time to catch up with them? Maybe they are. I think they're probably just busy, but we're not getting any younger. And before we know it, we'll be dead. I'm just saying, if you have friends in your life who you don't have time for, maybe try to just let them know you're thinking about them once in a while, even if you are really, really busy and too busy to meet up. I think it would mean a lot to them. We had a furry little friend at the house last week. Well, not a friend exactly. More of an unwanted interloper. I've probably mentioned in past episodes that we have hoarders living across the street. You can see the junk piled high in their front window. The guy has so much stuff that he's built, I would say it's a six to eight foot deep pile of junk in front of his house. I think the junk pile would be four to five feet high, too, and it's protected by some old pallets, a beautiful touch, which he tried to tie up once out front to fashion a makeshift fence until a woman came by, set her purse down, yelled at him, and grabbed the pallets and tossed them onto his lawn. Abe managed to catch that on video. He's like the Gladys Kravitz of the neighborhood because his office is in the front and he has this nice bay window and a view to everything that's going on. So the guy just stood there. He put the pallets back to protect his junk heap. He didn't continue putting up his quote-unquote fence after she walked away. But this junk heap, he also has a tarp over it. And Abe and I... We often speculate as to the number and species of vermin had to be living in that junk heap because it's a perfect shelter for urban vermin. Raccoons, rats, mice, God only knows what else. We could only imagine the heaps of junk he's hoarding and the urban vermin he's housing in his backyard. I bet there's no backyard at all. I, it's probably completely full. I'd love to fly a drone over just to see, just out of curiosity. Meanwhile, the couple who live next door in the attached semi are fastidiously clean. Their back garden is perfect rows of rich, dark soil and vegetables, not a weed in sight, which is, of course, also a perfect feeding ground for the next-door residents. This couple... You'll see, you'll see the lady out there. They wash their front walk. They wash the sidewalk. They wash their roof. They wash their neighbor's front walks, sidewalk, and roof. I cannot imagine how distressing the hoarding is for that couple. You know there has to be a rat and cockroach infestation that sometimes leaks over to their side. Anyway, 
I submitted a formal complaint with the city, not because the trash heap is unsightly necessarily, but I was worried about the urban vermin and the fire hazard. It's gross, and it's unsafe. And I know other neighbors have submitted complaints too. We're all mystified as to how he's getting away with this. We suspect maybe he or his wife, I don't think he works, but I think his wife might work at the city or she knows someone who works at the city. I don't know. Because I can tell you, Abe does not get away with building a perfectly lovely roof over our front porch without the city breathing down his neck. Our neighbor John got an order to move an eaves trough drain pipe to the other side of his house, probably within days of putting it in. But Sanford? Nothing. That that heap has been growing for years. And we bought this house in 2007. Finally, Abe was sure he saw someone official knocking on Sanford's dilapidated door. Could this be the reckoning? Then one night, I saw him dismantling the heap. Abe, I said, I think Sanford is dismantling his junk pile. Nah, Abe said. He just digs through it once in a while and rearranges a few things. He might have to get out his garbage bins. Okay, but the next day, the heap had indeed shrunk to take up significantly less space. Instead of extending six to eight feet from the house, it was now only about a two-foot-deep heap. Wow. Abe ran over to the neighbors to loan him his ladder because he's about 80 years old and he was up there washing his roof and his own ladder was way too short and not safe. I mean, he's 80 and he's climbing up there washing the roof. And the neighbor confirmed that Sanford had indeed received official notice from the city. Clean up the junk or we'll do it for you and add the bill to your property taxes. Great. Took them long enough. I casually mentioned to Abe, I wonder how many urban vermin will now be looking for a new home. Hopefully they just run around to his backyard. Because our neighborhood has a lot of porch shoppers, or porch pirates as they're more commonly known, Abe installed a motion-activated security camera at the front door that notifies him whenever there's any motion or activity. Tuesday morning, I had gone to the dentist. When Abe heard the door notification, naturally he assumed I had returned. But when he realized I hadn't, he checked the footage because the other thing could have been a parcel being dropped off. And you know, delivery people don't ring the doorbell. I don't know why. I know they're in a rush. They're under pressure. But you know in our neighborhood, people are just stealing things off a porch. So just at least give people a chance, please. Anyway, we have this alarm, so it's not as big a deal for us anymore. But you do have to be fast to collect anything delivered before a porch pirate grabs it. So Abe looked at the video. Not a delivery. It was a mother possum carrying a few babies walking down the steps toward the street. Uh Uh-oh. I bet she was displaced from Sanford's junk heap. And she has babies. On our front porch, we have two comfy chairs that that we keep covered when we're not using them. In the winter, it protects them. In the summer, it keeps them from getting filthy. I did leave them uncovered last summer for the whole summer, and they just got really dirty. But also, people would just come up on the porch through the night and use them, have a nap or whatever. I I just, I don't really like that. But Abe went out and peeked under the cover. Sure enough, 
There was Mama's baby daddy chilling in what they had figured seemed like a safe new home. Now possums, or opossums as the North American marsupials are called, are thought to be quite vicious, but in reality, they only pretend to be scary when they feel cornered or threatened. The fact is, they are apparently very good to have around because they eat undesirable insects, snails, slugs, and they keep the area clear of cockroaches, rats, and mice. Plus, they are renowned for what great mothers they are, which I respect. They carry up to 13 babies in their marsupial pouch until they're old enough to ride on mum's back as she goes about her day foraging for food. But we are pretty sure that this possum family had been displaced from Sanford's junk heap and were taking refuge in what they thought was a safe, quiet place. But they could not live under our chairs. They and we would have been shocked and surprised and frightened if we hadn't had the warning. I'm so glad Abe saw that video. Can you imagine? I would have come out front one day, lifted the cover to move the chairs to sit down. Can you imagine? So Abe shooed away the mister, and we thought that would be it. Because, you know, now the guy knows this isn't a good place. Somebody's going to scare me. But no. Later that day, Abe saw Mr. Possum checking out the backyard for a safe place for a den, I assume. We have patio furniture covered up there, too, and there's no private place for them to live. So, so Abe went outside to shoo him away. Of course, the poor guy, terrified, ran into a corner of the yard where the fence and the garage meet. He couldn't think straight. He didn't face Abe. He had his back to Abe and maybe fig- and was trying to burrow out, but there was no way. There was no exit there. So Abe had to gently move him out of the corner with a shovel, and he guided him between the fence and the garage to the back alley. He was very reluctant to go that direction, and once he got to the back gate, Abe realized why. He was too big to fit under the gate. So Abe opened the gate for him, and he scurried under someone's parked car. And then Abe lifted all the furniture covers a bit to eliminate the idea that these were good hiding places. We thought that would be the end of it. The next morning, I heard loud clapping and, Get out of here! He was back. He really had to find a place to live. And we hadn't seen Mum, so maybe he was concerned about his family. And maybe she had done the smart thing and gone back to Sanford's. Or maybe she didn't like him anymore and she was trying to ditch him. I don't know. They haven't been back since. But now, I check the porch before I approach the door. We've put the covers fully back, and every time I go in or out now, I just take a peek to be sure. I hope they found a nice place to live, and they keep the area clear of other urban vermin. If we had some nice trees or shrubs where they could live, that would be okay, but we don't. When I lived in Sarnia, we had possums, but the perimeter of my yard was all trees, plants, and shrubs, so it was perfect for them. And since they're nocturnal, you don't even know they're there. The only reason I knew was because one night, my Norwegian exchange student shrieked and ran into the house from the backyard. She and a possum had startled each other. And of course, the possum stood up on his hind legs, bared his teeth, and hissed. Both of them were terrified. But sometimes it's just hard to find the right home, not just for possums, but of course for humans, and it's getting harder, I think, maybe. 
Sometimes you just need to keep looking for the right place. But you know, Abe and I do not like being landlords for humans, and we're not set up to be landlords for possums. Although, now that I'm thinking about it, we should have trapped the possums and relocated them to the rental property. There are nice places to hide and tall trees in that area, and the owners of the home attached to ours have no problem with rats, mice, and roaches. Maybe having a possum in the yard would help reduce the pests in the area. I seriously just thought of that now, but it's too late. I think they're gone. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. But yeah, Abe and I do not like being landlords at all. Now we have good tenants in all three units, but the first tenants we had in the second floor unit after we renovated, they're the ones who finally convinced us to hire a property manager, who, by the way, does absolutely nothing for that monthly fee. If you want them to do anything, it's not included. You have to pay extra. All they do is accept the bank transfer, deduct their fee, send us the remainder. I could accept a bank transfer, but these tenants made me gun-shy to manage it myself. And we were planning on selling the house this spring, but real estate prices just kind of flattened a little bit, so we decided to hang in there for a bit longer. We'll see. But we had renovated the basement, and we had tenants living there. We had been going through issues with the original main floor tenants who we inherited when we bought— And the plan was to renovate the main floor when they left, either by choice or eviction if things didn't change. And we had renovated the second floor unit, and it was finally ready to rent. So I placed the ad to start showing it. New floors, new kitchen cupboards, new fixtures, new doors, freshly painted, new windows, the rotted kitchen ceiling replaced, new insulation in the roof. The only thing left to do was to replace the balcony off the sliding glass door at the back, but the place was rentable with the understanding that the balcony would be forthcoming. We took the old one down in the meantime because the wood was rotting and we felt that it wasn't safe. So I had a couple of open house sessions and put an ad in whatever I put the ad in, I don't even remember now, and I showed the unit to a few people, and as I showed everyone... I told every person who came through about the main floor tenants. I thought it was only fair, and I assured them that they would be vacating within the next few months, and when they did, we would be renovating that unit. 
I know for a fact that I informed everyone who looked at the place. And I actually think that did scare a few people off. Fine. I think that's still better, to be honest, so that someone moving in isn't in for a big surprise. Plus, their noise and the majority of their fighting and problems was pronounced more through the night. So someone looking at it wouldn't have necessarily noticed if I hadn't told them. And it was also worse for the people who lived below them than it would be for the upper unit because, of course, pounding on the floor and a vibrating washing machine through the night is going to carry below. But one seemingly lovely young man submitted an application for himself and his brother. He had a letter of reference from his employer, which was good. But when I contacted his previous landlord, the landlord kind of just snarled at me on the phone. But I got the impression that he was one of those angry, difficult people. Of course, in retrospect, maybe that wasn't the case. But at the time, I thought, well, no wonder this guy is looking for another place. He had mentioned that his landlord was difficult. So we accepted the application. The lease would be in his name only. I didn't want another situation where one guy wanted to get out and the lease was in both names. So I figured best to just let him be the guy and he can manage his brother. So he and his brother moved in, I think, either in September or October. Uh, Junior wasn't evicted until December. But they were a couple of young guys and they moved to themselves with some buddies. They didn't hire movers. And the brother said he wanted his girlfriend to move in too, which I thought was respectful to send the message through the guy on the lease, the brother on the lease. So I was like, fine, no problem. I know you're supposed to have everyone who officially lives there documented, but I was fine with that. It's his girlfriend, same number of rooms, and at least they let us know. But then the complaints started. They started small, you know, But they were all from the brother and usually communicated with attitude. Did you build these cupboards yourself? Because I went to open one and the door came off in my hand. That could have landed on someone's head. That's a safety hazard. Ugh. No, they're kitchen craft cupboards. Brand new. Abe went over to check and I don't know whether a screw had come loose or whether it was just the latch that is intended to allow easy door removal for cleaning or replacement, I forget. I mean, he was really upset about it. And they were brand new. But there were other little things. When we bought the place, all the units had direct vent gas heating systems, which is terrible. And we hadn't replaced those heating units in the upper unit yet because they still worked. The plan was to install in-floor heating when the main floor was renovated which would give us access to underneath the floor through the main floor ceiling. But they couldn't seem to get the heating right. And I think Abe had to fix at least one of the units. He had spare parts from removing the basement units, so he was able to do it. Should we have called a professional? Maybe. But I can tell you that we did end up calling professionals, and they didn't know how to fix these things any better than Abe. These are really unusual things, and they were pretty old. And many times they thought they smelled gas, and they would call the fire department. The fire department confirmed there was no carbon monoxide or gas leak. False alarm. This definitely happened several times. And I agree, better safe than sorry, but we were starting to dread hearing from this asshat because he seemed 
really whiny and paranoid to us at this point. Meanwhile, the main floor tenant, Junior, and his cast of characters had been evicted and scheduled to move in early December. I downloaded the form from the Ontario Landlord Board or one of those websites where you can get forms to formally notify the tenants in writing that we were going to start renovations on the main floor in January. The plan was to completely gut the main floor walls and everything. It turned out that there were structural issues So we would need to sister uneven joists, replace joists, install all new plumbing and electrical, new on-demand water heater, high-efficiency boiler with in-floor heating. There was a lot to do. The tubing for the second floor to have in-floor heating would also be done to prepare to remove the old direct vent gas heaters, which admittedly were not good. So this was major. This was the most major renovation. It required a permit, but In January, Abe had time to start on some of the work. You can pull down drywall or plaster and lath without having the permit in hand. And before he could even start on the demolition, he had to clear out garbage, rotting food, all kinds of junk left behind by Junior. The place was a wreck. The tricky thing, though, about renovations is striking the balance between getting the work done and minimizing the disruption to existing tenants. The guys in the basement never complained, but they'd been dealing with nocturnal fighting and banging for, probably since they moved in, months leading up to Junior's departure. And yes, occasionally Abe worked later than he should have. His work ethic is one of the joys and curses of our time. So Abe working during the day shouldn't have been that big a deal. The problem was, as far as we could tell, The brother upstairs seemed to be unemployed because he was there all the time. There were moments when he seemed okay with it, but then his tone would unexpectedly swing the other way. He started becoming intermittently enraged whenever Abe went over there to work. The permit was taking a while to come through, and we weren't having any success finding a contractor willing to take on the job. Although, since Abe does know how to do everything, I'll admit it is difficult to find someone he can trust. But we really needed to get this going. The goal was for all three units to be rented by good tenants who didn't cause problems. Because every month without a tenant is a huge financial hit. And it's not as though Abe was there working every day. He had other commitments. He had a job. If we had had a contractor... I would expect someone would have been working there every day, although I'm not sure some of them seem to have a nasty habit of overcommitting and not showing up. But you hope when you hire them to get the attention until the project is finished. But this brother's rage just escalated. One evening, he came home and started filming Abe in his face, demanding, Do you have a permit? Where's your permit? threatening to report us to the city. I'm going to report you to the city. One day, Abe had to shut off, I don't know if it was either the, it was the water or the electricity, and he gave everyone sufficient warning. The brother said at the time he was fine with it, and this wasn't even renovation related. I think this was another problem related. But anyway, the brother said he was fine with it. He had to be somewhere else anyway. What a relief. But... Whatever Abe had to do took longer than he had anticipated, and when the brother came home, 
He flew into a rage. All I want to do is come home and fuck my girlfriend, he shrieked at Abe. You're ruining my life. Abe wasn't working on it that much by then, and if he did go over to do something, he was careful not to work late. That was definitely an anomaly that couldn't be avoided. And we told them a few times that we completely understood if they wanted to terminate the lease, we wouldn't even expect notice. If the brother hadn't been home all the time, it wouldn't have been so difficult for him. Because it wasn't even as though there was work being done every day. Plus, a lot of the work wasn't even noisy. But not long after that, we got a notice from the Ontario Landlord-Tenant Tribunal. They wanted to end their lease, which we had already said we were fine with, and they expected compensation for us interfering with their reasonable enjoyment of the rental unit. The form claimed, I'm just going to tell you a couple of the things, this isn't even all of it. They claimed on this form that we had not informed them that we would be renovating prior to commencement of their tenancy, a lie, that the noise was excessive to the point of ruining their lives seven days a week, bullshit, with the floor shaking, as if, that Abe demands access to their unit without sufficient notice, he did not, and that Abe installed the direct vent gas heaters, nope, Those were there when we bought it, which caused gas leaks. No gas leaks. Yeah, they kept thinking there were gas leaks and called the fire department, but there weren't any. All false alarms. They claimed that their safety is at risk on a daily basis and has been since October. Ah, maybe that's when the cupboard door came off. Abe started cleaning up the place in January. This form went on and on, and it finally said, I don't even have enough room on this form to tell you all the things they're doing to make our life miserable. Okay, the request was for four months' rent plus $400 for moving expenses. I was sick. Abe told me the news. I think I was visiting Catherine in England at the time, and of course I couldn't sleep at all. I was just sick about it. So great. I know housing is unaffordable, and that's a problem. Homelessness is a problem. It's all a big problem. But you know what else is a problem? People like Abe and me who are trying to make a nice rental unit getting screwed over by people like those asshat brothers. And the narrative you hear on interviews in the news is always rich landlords getting rich off poor people. Well, that isn't always the case. The cost of financing and maintaining that place is high. Never mind the renovation. So we filed a counterstatement claiming the application was malicious, without merit, and that the applicants were interfering with our ability to maintain the property in good condition. In Ontario, though, you have to schedule a mediation session. You can't just argue your tribunal issues in front of a judge. And of course, the mediator always takes the position that no one side is entirely right or wrong. And yes, this guy had a few valid points, very minor valid points, certainly not enough to justify a four-month-plus payment. We already told him if he wanted to find another place, we'd be happy to just let him break his lease with no notice. And yeah, 
Abe had to work late a couple of times, and a couple of days were a bit noisy, but most of these accusations in this form were complete and utter bullshit. So the mediator ended up taking us aside and asked us what we were willing to pay to get them out. We offered them $2,000, and the board filed a judgment for them to get out. Two grand well spent. Those asshats. I went to the apartment to meet up with the guy, not the aggressive brother, but the guy who was on the lease to inspect the premises when they left. He gave me a CD with the footage of the brother filming Abe as he raged at him. As if we're stupid enough to think he couldn't have a copy of it electronically if he wanted to keep one. This was supposed to be his great concession for us paying them off. Ugh. Needless to say, no one has ever contacted us for a reference for these two idiots. Beware the tenant who spews knowledge of the Landlord-Tenant Act. They probably know it because they plan to use it against you. And after that debacle, we were finally able to find a contractor to finish the main floor, and we decided when it was ready, we would get a property manager. I can't really say that having a property manager has helped, except maybe they're in a better position to check credit ratings and references. But wouldn't you know, of course, I managed to find an incompetent property manager. But that's a story for another day. Thank you for listening. If you have anything you'd like to share, email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. And have a fab week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.